We're continuing our series. Let me take my watch off so, so I don't go on too long. There we go. And we're looking at kingdom roots. And, and the objective of this, of this new series was to, uh, for us to know Christ better, but also just to encourage us to be authentic Christians. And authentic Christians, what does being authentic mean? Um, it means that, you know, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're true or we're real to the faith that we profess. And it's a really, really big ask, isn't it? I mean, you know what it's like. It is a big ask to be true, to, to profess the faith that we all believe. So at home, with our family, at work, with our colleagues, wherever we are, the people that we encounter, that we are with the smallest tasks, the biggest tasks, that we are true to our faith and what God has called us to. It's Christ in us that comes out. And I know when I'm driving along in my car and somebody cuts me up, that's really big ask because you might not think such nice thoughts at, this, at that moment in time. I have, to, I have to work on that. But, you know, being authentic is, is that. It's, it's that Christ comes out. Christ within us comes out when we're in our daily lives. But being authentic is also being true to what God has put within us. Like that quilt, he's put things, he put gifts within each one of us. And those gifts are there to benefit the church, for the church, for the body. So the giftings that he's placed within us come out for his glory. Last week, Nancy looked at John chapter 1, encouraging us to, uh, to focus on Jesus Uh, The Word made flesh, the eternal Son of God. But as we were praying and thinking about this series, there was a scripture that really struck my heart. And that was uh, from Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Well done. He's listening. Someone's listening. (laughs) That's great. I've not got the clicker, you see, this morning, so I'm having to rely on Graham. So he's great great job, Graham. Well done. And... uh, So uh, that scripture really, for me, underpinned all that we are doing on this this new series. Um, And so I'd like to spend a moment in time this afternoon, (laughs) gosh, got it there, and and look at Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. So, hey, great. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. At the heart of this teaching 
series is the desire I believe from the heart of God uh, to encourage us to call his people to fix our eyes on Jesus. If ever we've had a period of time over the past 18 months when we've been able to take or we've taken our eyes off Jesus, then this past 18 months have been it. It's been a real difficult time, a trial for so many that have lost their jobs or had difficult with their workplaces, that have had health issues. For those that have lost family members, this past 18 months has been quite a trial and still is for so many. And as we emerge out of this pandemic, I just want to encourage you to take this word to heart because God wants us to reach out. We know God has placed us here at this place in the URC for purpose. We know that. God has spoken clearly to us. But there's so many people amongst us that are hurting and outside the church that need the presence and the life of God, as we've heard. So this writer of the book of Hebrews was writing to a community of predominantly Jewish believers, possibly in Rome at about 50 to 70 AD, who were discouraged because of all of the suffering and persecution that they were facing. And this letter of Hebrews was writing to them to encourage them to faithfulness and perseverance in the midst of difficult times. The writers encouraged his readers to have full confidence in who Jesus is the eternal Son of God. And in Hebrews 12, the writer encourages us with three instructions. I'll put my glasses down, I'm waving them around. Three letters. So the first one is, let us throw off everything that hinders. Great, well done. And the sin that so easily entangles. The second one, let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. And number three, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of a faith, of our faith. And I love the fact that these instructions are not in the singular. It's not some leader looking down on the people or writing, you need to do this. But what he's saying is that we need to do this. Not, it's not on your own. The call is out there to all of us. We all need to do this. And for me, as a pastor, that the challenge is, how can we help one another? Let us together. We're all going to need to lay aside things. Let's help each other as a community. Let us run together. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus together. We're all in this together, and together we can do it. And almost to preempt this passage, in chapter 11 of Hebrews, um, not yet. (laughs) Thanks, Graham. Uh, Almost to preempt uh, this 
the writer of chapter 11 has listed over 15. This chapter 11 of Hebrews is this series where he talks about Abraham and Isaac and, and Enoch and, and all of this great series of people of faith throughout the Old Testament who did amazing things of faith for their God, who lived faithful lives and they went before us and did amazing things. And I want to encourage you, let them inspire your faith. But at chapter 11 is this amazing roll call, and it finishes with verse 40 that says this, God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. This amazing roll call that we can read about in the Old Testament could only look forward and glimpse at what Jesus would achieve and do. With all of their amazing faith, they could just catch a small glimpse of what God had planned. But we can look through the Bible and we can see the life of Jesus, the way that he lived. We can know the Son personally. And we can receive the Father's love and grace through Jesus. So God planned something better. So firstly, I'd like us to talk about, so let us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Another translation for everything is weight. Let us throw off every weight that hinders us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go walking in the lakes, um, we like to head up mountains and, and my family, for years and years and years, they'd travel light, and Dad would be the one with the rucksack. So I'd be the one that would carry the waterproofs. I'd carry liters and liters of water. I'd carry all the food and the snacks, and uh, even a first aid kit, what else, and uh, you know, spare clothes, just in case. I think it's partly because I used to be a scout and you was told to be prepared. But, so I'd carry this rucksack up, up the mountainside and my kids, they'd be, you know, they're, they're always up there in front of me. But the, the point is, I'd actually bring the majority of that rucksack down. I'd carry it all the way up the mountain and I'd carry it all the way down. And so for me... Even now when I go out for a walk, um, I can't not take a spare, a, a coat or a fleece. Even on a sunny day, I can't let it go. And, and I think that was a picture for me in life, that sometimes things happen to us, experiences happen to us, people say things over our lives, and we struggle to let them go. Even now I struggle to let things go when I'm you know, going out for a walk with all the stuff that I take. And I believe that God wants us to throw it off, to cast these things that hinder us aside. John 1, or 1 John chapter 1, encourages us. He says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Another translation says, 
every sin. Just think that for a minute, that God purifies us from every sin. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God wants us to be free. He wants us to be set free from the things that hinder us. And the writer of Hebrews, he doesn't say just just take it off. He says, cast it off, throw it off. There's there's an intentional action that needs to be done. That these things need to be thrown off. Cast it aside. The second letters instruction in this Hebrews 12 is that the writer uses the metaphor of running a race. Well, first of all, you just simply can't run a race if you're weighed down with a rucksack. I wouldn't even begin to do that. You just don't get very far. So this metaphor is of an athlete that has to train and train and keep going when things don't go their way, when things get tough. Perseverance at this moment in time is so needed in all that we've come through as a church and as a community and as a nation, as a world. You know, when, when the gyms were locked down, I used to head to the gym and I'd do a 5K run once or twice a week. But when the gyms were locked down, I started running outdoors. And, um, and so you might, you, you might see this kind of red-faced person running past. You know, it's a blur of... But anyway... Um, Now I head out and things have got a bit easier. I can run double that distance outside. But I tell you what, if I don't run for a while, if I've had too many breakfasts, too much black pudding, my body doesn't half tell me. You know, exercising is a slow process. You have to do it continually and you have to persist and keep going. It takes time to get fitter, doesn't it? And it only takes a short while of not getting out there, of not not exercising, not keep going, that you find your body kind of tells you if you want to start again. You know, and the same is true for running this race. We need to keep going. But I take comfort in the fact that in in Hebrews 12, it says that the race is marked out for each one of us. Isn't that amazing? This race is marked out for each one of us, that God has a plan for each one of us. God has a plan for each one of us. He knows every day. And we can place our lives in his hands and we can trust him. How amazing is that? We can trust him. And the third instruction, which is the one that that so impressed me, was let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. This writer of Hebrews, he continues the metaphor of running 
the race. Simply put, what we look at matters. I don't know about you, but if you try running down the street and you're looking like this, you're not looking where you're going, it's not going to take long before you hit something or fall over. Where What we're looking at determines the direction of travel. And for us, our object of, of where we're looking, the object of our race, is Christ himself. He's the one that leads us by his Holy Spirit. As we look to him, he directs our path. He is our peace in times of trouble. He is our provider in times of need. In him we find our joy. We are found in Christ. He is the one we look to. Hebrews 12 tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. The Greek for author is starts with the letters A-R-C-H-E. I'm not a Greek scholar, and um, maybe there's somebody here that could... could, I think it's archaic. But it's where we get the word architect. He is the originator. And in him, we find our ultimate destiny. And I love what Daryl Johnson says about that. He says that the ultimate destiny of an acorn is an oak tree. And if you can just imagine that small acorn and what its ultimate destiny is, that our ultimate destiny is found in Christ. He is the beginning. As John 1 puts it, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. He's also the perfecter of your and my faith. The Greek beginning is, of that word is telos. And it's translated as perfecter. He is our destiny. So the writer of Hebrews 12 is encouraging us not to get distracted by all our wants and needs, but to keep our hearts and eyes focused on Jesus as we run this race. And especially as we've heard this morning about that picture of the quilt and that picture of that the best is yet to come. The latter is better than the former. God has got so much more for us. And we need each one to be in place doing their part. So I'd like to give three quick reasons as I start to wrap up of why we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And it's not rocket science. The first is, quite simply, I don't know about you, but life happens, doesn't it? Life happens. You know, for those, we we get educated, we go to school, we get a job, we have a family, we accumulate stuff, we settle down. And in that one sentence encapsulates our waking hours. We have dreams and aspirations. We have successes. We have failures. The aches and pains, the good and the bad, and it doesn't always go our way. I wish it did, but it doesn't. But God promises to be in the midst with us in it. 
How easy it is would be for all our cares and anxieties and desires. How easy it is for us to take our eyes off Jesus and focus on something else. And before we know it, that something else becomes like a golden calf where the people of God in the Old Testament made their own idol to worship. It might look all shiny and precious, but we've moved away from our God and Savior. Matthew 6, verse 32, in the context of needs and wants, he, Jesus put it like this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, the needs and wants, all these things will be given to you. Seeking first means making right choices. And sometimes we have to say no. The point about coming to faith in Jesus is that God gives us the the right, he gives us the choice to say no to things that we shouldn't be doing. And sometimes we simply just have to say, no, I'm not going to go down that route. I believe God wants me to go down this route. But lastly, I'd say, we need to focus our eyes on Jesus because who we are. We're all different. Isn't that amazing? And sometimes, isn't it a complete pain that people don't see things the way that you do? Thanks, Penny. You know what I mean. Sometimes how we see things can bring us into disagreement with others. I know that many times. Um, I'll stop there. Sorry, Lord. But however, as the people of God, we need each other. We need those gifts. God has put gifts within you for purpose. And they might be different from the gifts that I have and that our leaders have and other people have, but they're here for their purpose. And Romans 12 puts it like this. Thanks, Graham. Romans 12, verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. You know, as the people of God, uh, we need all the gifts that God has given us. And that means that we need everyone. Romans 12, verse 7, gives seven categories. Uh, Prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and mercy giving. And the context of this passage is offering ourselves to God and being motivated out of love. 
sometimes we just don't see the, way, the same way as others. But this is all about how you and I are wired. And the truth is that we need one another. We need those different wirings. And as we fix our eyes on Jesus, then he will draw those different wirings together like that tapestry, like that quilt. He will lead and guide us. So if finally, as I draw to a close, if the last part of, uh, if those three letters is not enough encouragement for you, I just want to remind you of the last part of Hebrews 12 that says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus endured the cross. Somehow it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I don't think I quite understand what that means yet. But Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame for us. So what does that mean? The shame of being flogged and publicly mocked. The shame of having his beard pulled out. The shame of being beaten the shame of being having a crown of thorns beaten onto his head. The shame of having to carry his cross and then being nailed onto it and lifted up to die upon it. He endured all of those things for you and for me and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for us. So, I'd just like to encourage you this afternoon, as we come out of this pandemic, wherever you are, however you're feeling, whether you feel connected or disconnected, can I encourage you to spend some time thinking about whether or not you need to throw off anything. Anything that you've been through, an experience that you've been through, something that somebody has said over you. Spend some time asking God, can I encourage you to run with perseverance? And can I encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith? We need to refocus. Focus our eyes on him. And let's look to him to lead us and guide us and move us forward into all that he has for us. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I'll, let me pray. Father, we believe that your life is here with us, that your presence 
is here with us. That you're calling and leading your people. And Father, I do pray, Lord, that you would help us to cast aside that which isn't of you. And that, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to persevere through all the difficulties that we've faced. To look to you. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to refocus, to focus our eyes, to fix our gaze upon you, Lord Jesus. That you would be the one that we see. You would be the one that leads us and guides us. You would be the one that speaks to us, speaks to our hearts, speaks a better word over us, that speaks healing over us, that speaks encouragement. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, to do all of those things, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.